new series today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to deliver your word. Lord, I thank you for those that are watching uh, right here in this room that are listening today. Lord, I pray for those watching online and those that will watch and listen later on our social media and on our podcast. Lord, I pray that you give them ears to hear what you would have to say to them in their life today. Lord, give me boldness to declare your word with accuracy, with integrity, and with a heart of love and compassion. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. I'm excited. We're starting a brand new series today called Faith Foundations. Faith Foundations. And I'm excited about this, but last night I was given my, my daughter, we do books in Bible time at night. And so we let them pick books, you know, like go pick a couple books, and they bring the books back, and then, and then we read the Bible. It's kind of a routine we do before bed every night. And so the last few nights, Emmy, she'll say, I want the three little pigs. <laughs> three little pigs, daddy. I said, we've read the three little pigs before. She said, please, three little pigs, daddy. Three little pigs. She starts doing that little baby girl voice. Please, daddy, the three little pigs, little pigs, little pigs. <laughs> I said, baby, we've read the three little pigs. She said, I know, but I want to hear it again. Have you guys heard the three little pig story? Can I tell it to you in case you haven't? (laughs) The three little pigs is an amazing story because it's about three pigs whose mama said it's time for you to go off and do your own thing. Mama tired of taking care of you. You need to go find your own place to live. And all the mamas with graduating seniors said, y'all need to go to school and get a job. Go find somebody else. I'm done taking care of you. And so she says, you need to go build your own house. And the three little pigs left. And the first one went right down the street. And he found a bunch of hay. And he quickly began to to build a house because he wanted to play with his friends and be outside. So he constructed the quickest house made out of straw that he could. And the second little pig ran right down the road further. He gathered a bunch of sticks that had fallen off a tree. And he too was excited. He didn't want to miss out on what was going on. These little pigs had FOMO. You know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. And so they were constructing these houses as as quick as they could. The first one was straw, and the second one was sticks because they had so much more important stuff to do. And then the third little pig, he went down the road, and he was bartering for bricks, and he was a little bit more patient. He was a little bit more consistent. He, He wasn't in a rush. In fact, he was choosing his building materials very specifically because he wanted his house to last. He wanted his house to last longer than him and he wanted the place to actually have refuge for others and his little brothers came and said come on come on we gotta play we got stuff to do and he said i can't i'm i'm building a house of with a sure foundation and they said but you can play and do this and that and you can build a house later And he said you guys go play i want to make sure that this thing lasts and he spent the rest of the day and that week building this house out of bricks and if you know the story They all went home one night to their individual houses and the big bad wolf showed up at their door. Everybody say, the big bad wolf. And the big bad wolf knocked on the first house and it was made of straw. And he said, little pig, little pig, let me in. And he responded, come on. And he said, I'm going to huff it, I'm going to puff it, I'm going to blow your house down. And he did. He began to huff and puff. And the story said that he blew the house of straw down. And that little piglet ran down the street to safety in his brother's brick house. The big bad wolf now, knowing that he took out pig one, he went to house number two that was made of sticks. And he said, hey, little pig, little pig, let me in. And he said, not by the hair of my... Y'all are good. 
And he said, he huffed and he puffed and he said, I'm going to blow your house down. And he began to huff and puff and the house of sticks came down and that little pig squealed all the way down to his brother's house that was in his brick house relaxing, watching ESPN. And all of a sudden, the pig, the, the wolf thought, I got the first one, I got the second one. He goes and knocks on door number three and said, hey, little pig, little pig, let me in. And they all three yelled out, not by the hair of our chinny chin chins. And as those two said it, that his houses had been destroyed, they begin to get nervous. And they told brother number three, hey, don't open the door, don't open the door. He's a big bad wolf. And he said, guys, I got Alabama football on. Nothing's going to bother us. I built a house that's going to last. And they said, well, he blew our house down and he tore my house up. And they began to freak out. And he said, guys, chill out. Nothing's going to stop us. Nothing could get in the way. We're going to finish this game. Roll Tide. For all my Alabama family. And they said that the big bad wolf huffed and puffed and he tried to blow that house down. And he huffed and he puffed and he tried to blow the house down. And after realizing that he couldn't blow the house down, he crawled up on the roof. And they saw him coming down the chimney, and so they built a little fire. And as he came down, guess what? They burnt his hiney. That's what we tell our kids in the house. And the, the story says that he took off running, and the third pig said, Hey, guys, had you taken some time to build a house of substance with a foundation, you wouldn't have had to run in fear from the big bad wolf. There's a Bible story that's very similar, and it's found in Matthew chapter 7. But listen to this. I want to give you a statement that I believe is very important. It's this, the quality, turn to your neighbor and say, your quality of life. Your quality of life is determined by the foundations you use to build your life upon. Your quality of life is determined by the materials and the foundation for which you build your life Upon. I found the same story of the three little pigs in Matthew chapter 7, except this time Jesus is talking. And he says, everyone who hears my teachings and applies them to their life, they can be compared to the wise little pig who built his house on an unshakable foundation. And when the house, when the rains fell and the floods came, the fierce winds beat upon his house and it stood firm because of its strong foundation. Say, strong foundation. It lasted, but everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his or her life can be compared to a foolish carpenter who built his house on the sand. And when it rained and rained and the flood came, the wind and the waves beat upon his house. It collapsed and it was swept away. For many of us, we know people whose life is lived like that. Because they didn't have a firm foundation, they're constantly rebuilding over and over when the storms of life roll in. For the next four weeks, I want to teach you about building a foundation of faith in your life. For some of you that have been at IFC for years, you'll say, I've already heard this message. And for some of you that are brand new are going to say, man, I've never heard this before. This sounds like what I need. I want to teach you about what does it mean to not only have a foundation in your life, but why it's important to have a foundation of faith in your life? You know, for you and me, we have the ability and the tools and the resources found in the Bible through God's word to live a successful life that can stand any storm that the enemy might throw your way. For the next four weeks, I want to talk about foundations. A foundation is simply principles upon which something stands 
or is supported. One translation, one definition says a, a foundation is an underlying base or support system. It's the basis or groundwork for anything. The truth is, is foundations are important as the first step in the construction process because they set the tone for everything that's built upon them. The truth is, is sometimes when you see houses going up or they're digging around in the dirt and you say, man, they've been doing a lot of work there. When are they going to build that house? They're taking so much time to build the foundation correctly and they're slowly in that process to make sure that it's set perfect because everything else is built on a foundation. The same is true in our spiritual lives. That without a spiritual foundation, no matter what you build on top of it, it's on shaky ground. Thank you for those two cops over here. <laughs> My brother is in Fort Worth, Texas. He's selling his house this weekend. And before they could sell the house, they had their own kind of inspection. He had a general contractor come to his house several months ago and just kind of give them a punch list of things he needed to fix or adjust. And he said that the, 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 the adjuster came in and said, hey, man, see all these cracks in your drywall? And he said, oh, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll just mud over those. I can take care of that. We'll just mud over those. I'll paint it. And the guy said, no, no, no. Those, those, are, those aren't just cracks that, that, that you can tape and cover. He said, those are stress fractures in the drywall because your foundation has shifted. My brother said, no, don't worry about it. We'll just, we'll just mud over it. We'll paint over it. The guy said, no, no, no. You got to have, the adjust, you gotta have this, this foundation adjusted and fixed it. Or guess what? Those cracks will reappear again. You know, there's a lot of people in their life that we know, you and I, friends and family, that we can see the cracks in their life and it's a sure indication to us that, man, their foundation isn't as stable as they claim it is. And for many people, instead of fixing the foundation, they'd rather grab some mud and a putty knife and fix it through the night and tape it up and tomorrow act like everything's okay. The truth is, is I don't care how much mud and how much paint you got. You can't fix your life the way that God's called us to live our life and the quality of life that he wants us to have without standing on a sure foundation. I'm going to do my best to, to teach for the next couple of weeks. I like to preach and maybe we'll preach a little bit today, but I really want to give you some tools and some resources and some scriptures so that you can lead this series in building a foundation in whatever area you may need some help. Maybe there's some cracks in your life, in your marriage, in your money, maybe in your relationships, maybe in your physical health, maybe in your mental health. I want to tell you this, if you'll come hungry and ready to learn and take these tools that I'm going to give you and apply them in your life, I'm going to give you the foundation of a lifetime. Not Pastor Josh's foundation, a foundation that we received through Jesus Christ. Just like any natural foundation, there's a process to it. Listen to me, growing your faith requires three things. Number one, it requires commitment. It's going to take a commitment to see it through. Number two, building and growing a faith foundation requires consistency, something that's repeated over and over, something that becomes habitual, something that becomes a regular lifestyle. And number three, it's going to require patience. The reason the pigs' houses blew down is because they had little patience. They were so preoccupied on what everybody else was doing and missing out that they used cheap construction products, but the first time the pig showed up or the wolf showed up, guess what? He was able to destroy them in a moment. Many Christians live their life this way. 
They go from one calamity to the next, to the next, and then they have six months great, and then there's another calamity, and there's another storm and another issue because they've chosen to prioritize things based on outward circumstances, not thinking of the long term. Growing our faith is going to require commitment, consistency, and patience, and just like a natural foundation, it has to be built one block at a time. I'm going to do my best to give you four or five building blocks over the next four weeks. And I promise you this, if you'll take the blocks and place them in your life in the order that I give them to you, you're going to leave this series knowing, I got a foundation for my marriage. I got a foundation for my kids. I got a foundation for faith and healing. I've got a foundation for, 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 for whatever it may be that seems shaky in your life. Are you all awake today? Over the next four weeks, I want to help you build a foundation of faith. And you may say, well, why faith? What's so important about faith? Why do we need faith to be the foundation? I'm going to give you two reasons. Number one, it's found in Hebrews 11.6. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why faith? Because it's impossible to please God without faith. So if my life as a believer is to honor God and give glory to God and be a witness of what God's done in my life, I have to have a foundation of faith in everything that I do because that's what's going to please Him. Do you want to please God? Man, I, more, than, more than ever, I want to make sure that, that I'm not just living life on my terms the way that, that I want to do it, but that in everything that I do, I'm pleasing Him. Luke 18, 8 is the second reason why we're going to build a foundation of faith that says, because when the Son of Man comes, he will find, will he find faith on the earth? For some of you, you're brand new to IFC recently or the last few months, a few years, you've given your heart to the Lord and you gave your heart to the Lord and you were saved through hearing God's word about what he did. You, you heard that Jesus died on the cross and, and you believed it, that he was raised from the dead so that you could be reunited with God. And the Bible says, if you profess it with your mouth, then you shall be saved. The truth is, is you're saved because of your belief in what you've heard and because you've said it. And the truth is, is the Bible says Jesus is coming again. He came once and he's coming again for you and me, his bride, his church. And he says he's coming looking for something. When he comes home to gather us up, he's coming to say, hey, I wonder if there's faith in their house. I wonder if there's faith in their heart. I wonder if they've been living a life of trust. A few weeks ago, my mother-in-law was here, Steph's mom, and she brought Hunter a box of Pokemon cards. And right now as a seven-year-old, I don't know, he is obsessed with Pokemon. Pokemon this, Pokemon that. And, and so the other morning I woke up and it was six o'clock in the morning. He's right there in my face next to my bed. And he said, hey, and I'm one that gets easily started. I said, ah, what, what are you doing, man? And he's like, you scared me. And I said, I scared you? You're in my room next to my bed. And he said, can you help me? I said, Hunter, it's 6 o'clock. Go back to bed. He's like, I can't find the Pokemon cards. I said, I'm going to knock you out right now. And then I'm going to resurrect you and then put you back in bed. Go back to sleep. He said, but daddy, I lost this whole box of Pokemon cards. They're special. They're the silver ones with the seal and the color. And, the, and he's almost in tears. I can't find the Pokemon. All you parents are laughing because it's happened to you. It may not have been Pokemon, but it might have been a Lego set or a coloring book or some little doll or something. And, and this is what I believe God's going to do when he comes home to pick us up. 
He's going to say, hey, where, where's the faith I gave you? Y'all got that faith I gave you? Where's it at? Where'd you put it? Where are you hiding it? Is it on display for everybody else? It says that he's coming back for a church that's trusted him and believed in him while he was gone. Man, I want to be found faithful when God shows up in my house. At the second coming, that you say, hey, right here, Robert's house. Man, this is a house that not only has a foundation of faith, we live it, we breathe it. Everything that we do is faith-founded. Why faith? Why is faith the foundation? Because he wants it from us. So what does it mean to have faith? Faith is simply this. It's believing God's word. I like what our founding pastor, my pastor, Jonathan says. He says, faith is believing God's word is true. No matter what any other information source may reveal. This may be the most profound thing you're going to hear through this whole message. Faith is believing that God's word is true above what anybody and everything says. What any other information source may reveal. So, so what pleases God is when we trust his word over the news. Can I get in your business today for a little bit? You guys, how about you guys? Can we, can we go there for a minute? Like, like if we're going to please God, then the way we please him is in faith. And we, we put God's faith, we put faith in God's word above those things around us that are talking to us. Someone would say, well, I don't think we need another series on faith. This is a faith church. We've been here in faith for 40 years. Listen, there's no greater time than we need to resettle up our foundations of faith because there's tons of information, sources, trying to tell you something contrary to God's word. If you have a cell phone, there's more information coming to your eyes and your ears every day than's ever happened in history. Trusting God. In his word, that it's greater than any other information source. So how do we please him? We please God when we trust his word over the news channel we like to watch. We, we please God when we trust him over our feelings and our emotions. Well, I don't feel like it. I know you don't, but the Bible says this. We please God when we trust his, when we trust his word over the doctor's report. I believe in doctors. I've got a great doctor right here on the front row. God ordained people to help us diagnose what's going wrong, but that's just the answer to what the system is that needs to be changed. Listen to me. When I go to the doctor and they say, hey, this and that's wrong, now I know where to put my faith on. I'm grateful for doctors and nurses and all of our medical conditions, but I'm not going to them for the truth. I'm going to them to help me find out where I need to put the truth. For some of us, we get so obsessed with the diagnosis that you give more thought to that than you do the truth of God's word, which says, by his stripes, you are healed. Listen, I, I hate WebMD. It'll jack you up. Dr. Daddy, I can tell you, I had this thing going on in my side. And he examined me two years ago, and he said, man, I think you got this. And I said, well, yeah, I was on WebMD looking at it. He said, man, don't do that. You're going to freak yourself out. I said, well, I'm already too late. I'm already freaked out. I think I got this. It says I need a colostomy bag. They're going to take out my intestines. Pray. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you believe God's word over everything that you read on the internet, your life will be so much clearer, so much saner. There'll be so much more peace in your life. Stop Googling what everything else is going on. What pleases God is when we take his word over what our government or governments of our nations tell us. We have so much confidence in the government and yet we don't trust God's word. And I'm not just talking about Americans, whatever nation you're from. 
Listen, God's word needs to be the supreme authority in your life, not who's in office and the laws they're passing right now. How do we please God? We trust his word over what our checking account says. Does your bank account talk to you? Sometimes the bank account's the loudest voice in my life. It's constantly reminding me how much I ain't got. I remember going and, and, and looking at our stuff, and all of a sudden you're like, my, my wife's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I just looked at the checking account. You're laughing because you've been there. Listen, when we please God, we trust His Word. And what it says about our finances more than your savings accounts talking to you. And guess what? It's going to talk to you. We please God when we trust His Word over what our neighbors say about us, over what our family members' opinions are. I'll give you some free, free advice right here. Stop asking everybody's opinion on life. Go back to the word and say, Lord, I want to please you. Show me the truth in your word concerning this situation. Well, you should call so-and-so. They went through that. I bet they could really help you. And you get in their situation, and guess what? It was worse than your situation. And the advice is crazy. My grandfather gave me some great advice when I was a young man. He said, Josh, everybody's got, he said, opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got two, and most of them stink. It's the truth. We have to value God's word above what anybody else around us says or wants you to hear. Thinking about social media right now because so many of us are tied into social media and we're making life choices and decisions based on what somebody else thinks is best for us. Listen, we need to shut the phones off for a little while. When it's time to reset the foundation, shut the phone off and open up the book and say, Lord, I need your opinion on this. I need your truth on this. I need your revelation on this. Speak to me so I can last the distance when the storms come. What pleases God is when we trust him above all in everything else. Many years ago, I was in a financial pickle. I was in a real problem. I was crazy in debt. Just got married, lost my job. Creditors are calling around the clock. Credit report is constantly getting stuff added to it. Nothing broke. And I went to a Wednesday night service. I'm sitting in the front row and my pastor, after the service, calls me. I'm driving home and he said, you okay? I said, I'm okay. He said, no, you're not okay. I could see I, you were, something's wrong. What's going on? I said, oh, it's all good, pastor. He said, I'm on my way to your house. I'll be there in a minute. I said, don't come to my house. He said, I can tell something's wrong. I went out, let's go get a Coke. Let's go get a burrito. I said, duh, I'm good. I don't know. He said, no, something's wrong. I can see it on your face. The whole service, man, you're messed up. I want to come talk to you. I said, please don't come. He said, I'm in the driveway. <laughs> when your pastor's in your driveway, you got to come out now. I mean, what you going to do? Shut the blinds? Honey, shut the blinds. Turn off the lights. We ain't home. Came out with my head down, my tail tucked. I was just beat, man, just worn out. And he got in the car. I got in his truck, and we drove to a little taco place that we like to go. And he said, hey, what's going on? I told him about the debt and the, 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 the marriage and the, the rent and all this, this, everything. Lost my job. I said, I, I, you know, I just complaining, complaining. And he said, hey, Josh, I, said, I want you to know something. He said, God only wants one thing from you. And I was like, oh, really? What is it? What does he want? He said, he only wants one thing from you, and that is he wants you to trust him. 
He said, Josh, he just wants you to trust him above all these other circumstances and voices that are speaking into your life. So if faith pleases God, then, and we need it to please him, how do we get it? How do we get more faith? I have people all the time that ask me after church and say, hey, I've got this situation. Would you pray for me that I get more faith? And I say, I'm sorry, you can't pray for more faith. Faith was given as a seed when you were born again. I can't pray for more faith. Faith comes by hearing God's word. That's the building block number one. Write that down. Faith comes from hearing God's word. Romans 10, 17 makes it very, very clear. It said, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's one translation I like. It says it this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. It's basically this infinity of hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and some more hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. What am I trying to say? The more word you listen to and the more of God's word you hear, the stronger your faith will grow. And the truth is, is you can't get faith any other way but hearing God's word in your ears because it has to go as a seed into your ears before it can become a seed in your heart, which gives you a picture of God's future, which allows you to have seed to say out of your mouth before you can take the steps of action of faith. I'm getting ahead of myself. I just gave you the five building blocks we'll talk about. You've got to, you've got to hear it first. That's the first block. And then he's going to show it to you. And you're going to see yourself different. And then you're going to begin to speak what you heard. And then you're going to be so motivated. You're going to take a step of faith. A step of action into what seems impossible. And God's going to show up. And the miracle that you've been praying for is going to be there for you. Why? How can you say that? Because I believe God's word above what any other information source may reveal. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you're new to IFC, you, you, you don't, may not know, but I grew up as a pastor's kid. In fact, my parents were church planters in the Midwest and then ended up down south. But my parents were obsessed with this idea, this building block that faith comes by hearing. And, and I'll be honest with you, as an eight-year-old, I thought my parents were nuts. Hold on, I'm 46. My parents are still a little crazy. But at that time, I thought, man, they're, they're nuts because my dad, and when we were eight years old, is about the time we could write and we could sit down long enough to listen. They would make us do tape reports every week. What was a tape report? A tape report was um, we had to, each of us had to take a cassette tape. Where's all my 80s family at? Y'all remember cassette tapes? I had this ridiculously awesome boom box. I mean, Big Daddy, you know, you, y'all remember? Steve knows what I'm talking about. I had this boom box in my room, and we had cassette tapes that were teaching tapes by ministers that my parents loved. Maybe you didn't have a boom box. Maybe you had one of those yellow Walkmans. Y'all remember the Walkmans? And like, you'd put it on your, right here, Walkman. Yellow earbuds, and everybody's like, oh, man, he's got it going on. <laughs> you knew you were awesome when you had that yellow one that was like the waterproof one, had the extra latch, but you never trusted it. You always set it on the side of the hot tub or the side of the pool. That's where I was. And, and we had to listen to a tape every week, a teaching tape. 
And we had to go to our room, and my dad was obsessed with legal pads, the big, long, yellow ones. And we had to listen to a one-hour teaching tape every single week, every single week, every stinking week. (laughs) And write notes, a full page of notes of things that we heard on that tape because he knew that if we heard the word that faith would come and faith would be built. He knew if we wrote it out that we would retain it and that at some time that would build a foundation over time of consistency and patience of doing this that for his little kids from 8 to 18, it was his responsibility to make sure that we heard the word of God. And the great thing is we got to choose different ministers. Man, I was a Shambach fan. I am still a Shambach fan. And so I would listen to R.W. Shambach preaching these tent revivals as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and I would hear him say stuff like, you ain't got no problems. All you need is faith in God. And that went in my mind. And I would think, man, when problems show up, well, he said that I don't need any, I ain't got no problems. All I need is faith in God. And as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 13 years old, 14, 15, 16, a junior in high school, a senior in high school every single week. We listened to a tape a week and we wrote a report on it. For what reason? My parents wanted the word of God in our ears so it would build a foundation early on. They knew that if we had a choice, we wouldn't do it. I thought my parents were in a cult. I'm like, this is crazy. Nobody else is doing this. Nobody else, my neighbors ain't, their kids ain't doing this. They're out there playing tennis and stuff. Every Saturday morning before we left the house, my dad would say, where's your tape report? I'd say, oh, I didn't do it. I'll do it later. And he'd say, right back upstairs to your room. That went on for year after year after year. I can tell you this. I didn't want to do it. I resented my parents for it. But I can tell you this. When I was 18 and I was in college and I was sick as a dog and didn't know what was going wrong with my body, the word of God began to bubble up out of me because I had already built a foundation of God's healing power in my life. When obstacles come right now at 46 and challenges and waves and big bad wolves show up and start blowing and huffing and puffing, I'm going to tell you this, I have a foundation in my life that my parents put in before I wanted it put in. Let me tell you something. I am who I am today because of my parents knowing what my future was going to be and the foundation that needed to be placed early on. Can I challenge you parents for a second? As your pastor, you may not like this. I'm going to say it anyways. Your first responsibility is to feed yourself. Your first responsibility as a parent, as a head of a household, a mom, single mom, dad, single dad, your responsibility is to to hear God's word for yourself so you have a foundation built in your family. If you don't build it, it won't be there. And secondly, it's your job to help them build a foundation as early as eight and nine all the way to 18 years old. So when they leave your house, and they go to that crazy college and they try to sway their opinions and tell them your parents were in a cult. You're just nuts. That's not true. That the foundation's already set and say, sorry, Joker, I'm already anchored in this. I won't be moved. If some crazy girl tries to tell your boy how he should be living his life, you'll be able to say, no, no, no. He's got a foundation. He knows who he is in Christ. And that knucklehead dude shows up with your daughter. And you hear him trying to give her a picture of who he thinks she needs to be. 
That she's already got the foundation in her life to say, hey, I, I think this is great and you're cool and all, but man, I, you ain't changing this. This foundation, I'm a woman of God. I've got the mind of Christ. My identity is in him and nothing else. Guess what? That doesn't happen on accident. That's intentional parenting. And all the teenagers said, oh, my God. Thank you, Pastor Josh. You just wore my life out now. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I didn't like it then. But at 46, I'm more grateful for it than I ever have been in my life. For me and my house, we're going to build a foundation of God's word before they go. Let me say one last thing. If you don't build the foundation, somebody else will. I said somebody else will. Who? I don't know. Somebody on Instagram, somebody on Facebook, some dude they meet, some girl they meet, some professor they meet, some crazy relationship that you didn't know about. Somebody will lay a foundation. Let's make sure that we're doing our due diligence and say, we're going to put the word first. As long as you're in this house, we're going to be word first people. Amen? Amen. Faith comes from hearing God's word. Faith comes from hearing God's word. Faith comes from hearing the word of God every day of our life. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament, I'll share more about this in the next couple of weeks because it has to do with some other building blocks. But in Mark chapter 5, there's an amazing story of a woman who was sick. And the Bible says that she had this issue in her body for 12 years and it says that she had spent all of her money and she had gone to every doctor that she could find and yet she grew worse. Then the Bible says in the next verse, in verse 26, 27, it says, but then she heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus, that he had been doing miracles in these other towns. She heard that he was going to be in my town, and she began to say to herself, if I could just touch Jesus' clothes, I know I'll be healed. And then you know the story if you've been around in church. She snuck out the house, snuck through the crowd, and she snuck up behind him and jerked on his little his robe there. And immediately the Bible says that the power of God went out of him. And he spun around and said, Who, which one of them touched me? And the disciples said, dude, you're crazy. There's 5,000 people, a lot of people touching you. And he said, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me with a touch of faith. Someone came to me with a foundation of what they needed. And it says that she got on her knees and she said, forgive me. It was me. I did it. And he said, oh, don't forget up. Get up. Get up. He said, your sins are forgiven. Man, go about your way. You're healed. He was waiting for a testimony. He was waiting for somebody to touch him with faith. But let me go back. Faith came when she heard Jesus. Faith comes when we hear the word of God. Faith coming into our life because we've taken our time to Hear God. Let me say this to you. You can't have a miracle in your marriage if you don't know what God's got to say about it. You can't have a miracle in your family if you haven't heard God's word on it. You can't have a miracle and have faith for finances if you don't know what the Bible says about it. Faith in every area of our life comes from hearing the word of God. It's the key to receiving faith. Maybe you need a miracle in your marriage. Maybe there's some cracks in your marriage. I want to tell you, listen to God's word on marriage. Put it in your ears. Maybe you need faith for peace because you're anxious. Find out what the word of God says and listen to it. Listen to it. Listen to it. Faith for relationships. Physical healing. Put the word in your ears and allow your faith to grow. 
Listen to this. It's important to understand that faith doesn't come from having heard. It comes from hearing present tense. Oh, I heard that. How's it working for you? Well, it's still not happening. Hey, then maybe we just need to hear it some more. We just need to hear it some more. Listen, when you hear the word enough, guess what? You believe it. You start to believe it. You'll start to believe it. You'll start to believe it. And you'll start to get a mental picture. You'll start to get this image of what it looks like to be healed, to be set free, to to be out of debt, to to have a great marriage, to have great kids, to, to have a foundation based on God's word. The more you hear it, guess what? The more you'll see it and believe it. And then all of a sudden, you'll find yourself saying it out of your mouth. And you'll be releasing your faith at that point. And before long, you'll find yourself stepping out into uncharted waters, doing things that to everybody else seems crazy. I want to tell you this today. It starts with hearing. There is no speaking without hearing. There is no acting and taking steps of faith without hearing God's word first. It's the the first stepping stone. It's the first building block. This last week, I filled my wife's car up with gas and she's, she's got her credit card or her our debit card hooked to her phone. So anytime I swipe that thing, she knows what I'm spending. She tells me it's for accounting purposes. I doubt it. And she said, did you, did you spend like $85 at the gas station? And I said, yeah, I put gas in the car. What else am I going to buy at the gas station for $85? And she said, but you just filled the car up last week. And I said, yes. And we drove it to Boston and we drove it to New Hampshire and we drove it up here. I have to fill it up again. Duh. She doesn't like it when I talk that way, by the way. That's, but you know what? It's just the same way with our faith. I, I heard that scripture one time. I know you got to keep hearing it. You said you're believing for healing. You ain't seen the manifestation of it yet. You still got to continue to fill your tank every day. Every day we fill it up. Every day we listen, we hear. Yesterday's listening is not good for today's listening. It doesn't replace it. Just like last night's meal does not settle you for the week. You got to eat again today. I mean, last night we pulled the barbecue out for the first time and we grilled some chicken kebabs. I mean, we had this great meal. She made guacamole. Thank the Lord for avocados. I'm the kind of person, like, it's so good. I'm starting to dip the chicken in the guacamole. She's like, that's for the chips. I'm like, it's for whatever. It don't matter. Put that junk on my plate. And we had this amazing meal, and I'm sitting there at the end of the night like, man, I ate too much. But you know what? Right now I'm talking about, I'm still hungry. I can't say, well, I ate last night, so I'm not going to eat today. And tonight I'm going to want to eat again, and tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and eat. Guess what? It's the same way with our spirit life. We have to continually feed ourselves. You've got to put the word in your ears morning, noon, and night. Yesterday's meal will not sustain you for tomorrow's problems. We're talking about consistent, patient, long-lasting foundations in our life. So listen to this. Whatever you're listening to determines the level of your faith. You're either feeding your faith or you're starving your faith by what's going in our ears. Make it personal. What are you listening to is something that needs to be talked about this week. Whether you're single or whether you're married, what are you listening to this week is the determination whether your faith grows. 
People will say, well, I, I like podcasts. I'm listening to podcasts. What podcasts are you listening to? Is it feeding your faith or is it just another voice that challenges the word? Listen, I love Joe Rogan's podcast, but I can't feed on it because then I turn into a conspiracy theorist. I like Joe. He's great, but I can't feed on that all the time because I start questioning everything. Well, you know what they said? You know what they said? Have you heard the, uh, the stats and the reports and this doctor? Listen, you feed on that stuff. You'll challenge what God's word says. I like country music, but I can't listen to country music all the time. It's depressing. <laughs> We're from the South, man. I mean, we like honky-tonk. I like bluegrass, all that. But there comes some seed. I got to turn that junk off, man. Dog died, truck broke down, woman left, no job. You know what happens when you play a country music record backwards? Dude gets his dog back, his girl back, his job back, his life back. We have to be careful of what we're listening to. Let me take it a step further. Stop listening to opinions. We talked about this. Don't let everybody give you their opinion. You'll talk yourself out of something that God said to you in a moment of clarity and revelation based on somebody else's idea of how it happened for them. Say it in other steps. Beware of gossip. Beware of gossip and allowing people to put trash in your ears. My kids, they want to go to McDonald's and I'm like, ah, it's trash. And then they want to eat it and then they want to leave that trash in my car. I might take your trash out of the car when you get out of the car. Smells like french fries in here. Some of us smell like trash because we let people put trash in our ears all week long. Be careful about the people at work that curse and use foul language. You don't need to hear all that. Dropping the F-bomb here, dropping the F-bomb there. And then two weeks later, you find yourself working in your shed and hit your hand with the thumb, thumb with a hammer. And you're dropping the F-bomb. And you're like, man, I never said that before in my life. Well, where'd that come from? It came in your ear gate. You allowed it to go in. It made a seed. And then all of a sudden it came out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How do things get in our heart? We allow them in our ears and we allow them in our eyes. I had some gentlemen in my life that I played golf with on a regular basis. And after a while, I realized I got to get away from these guys. They curse a lot. They have nothing good to say about their bosses and they consistently throw their wives under the bus. And I would come home frustrated. And my wife's like, how was golf? And I'm like, well, who are you asking about? <laughs> like I had an attitude with her and I just showed up at home. These guys would talk so much junk about their wives that I picked it up and I'm carrying that load all the way to the house. Some of us have got to put the, the, the earbuds out, the, the, um, put some fingers in your ear, get you some, uh, what do you call those things? The earplugs, that's what I'm, thank you. And just say, hey man, I can't hear that right now. It's okay for you to distance people, especially when you know you're building a foundation. Make sure what you're listening to lines up with God's word. Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Thanks for being such great listeners today. I give you a little homework. Number one, ask yourself this week, what are you listening to? Maybe, maybe it's a week to not take, turn the radio on, turn the CD player off, turn the podcast off and just say, Lord, what do you want me to listen to? Put some scriptures in your ear. Put some word in your ear. Put some teaching in your ear. Go back and download our podcast. Listen to sermons that, that blessed you over the years. Put that in your ear. Put it in your ear. Put it in your ear and watch your faith grow. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed. I, 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 I know that everybody's in a different situation. 
And everybody has different things they need. But I want to tell you the, the foundation of faith, it applies to whatever. It'll fix whatever's going on. Whatever cracks are in your life, a foundation of faith in God's word sets you up for a future, for a great success. It starts with Jesus. Every Sunday we come and we gather and I preach about Jesus or whoever's on the stage, we, we preach about this great life that we've been given through Christ. I want to make sure you have that life. I want to make sure that we invite you today to, to build a foundation like we're talking about. It requires a relationship with Jesus. If you're here in the building or you're watching us online, you say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I can't do this on my own. I've been doing some things and my foundation ain't set like you're talking about. The storms have rolled me more than once. I got cracks all over the place. I need a new foundation, a fresh start with Jesus today. All across this room and online, let us know. Put your hand up and put it right back down. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, sir, I see you. Yep, yep, yep. I see you. Yes, ma'am, got you. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I need Jesus in my life. I, I need a new foundation. My life seems shaky right now. I can tell you why it's shaky, because it's founded on something other than God's Word. Online, right there, if that's you, just let them know in the chat box, say, hey, I need that prayer. I want Jesus, and our team will reach out to you. I see you all the way in the back. Yes, ma'am, I got you. Yes, ma'am, absolutely. I got you. Yes, ma'am. Got you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Tons of people. What a, what a great day. Great day for a new start. Anybody else say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. Yes, sir. I got you. Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. Yes, sir. Maybe you're here today and you just need to recommit your life. Maybe you've allowed your foundation to shift and You've been listening to a bunch of other stuff, and today you would say, hey, I, I just need to recommit today. Put your hand up. Today's a day of repentance. You put your hand up, put it right back down. All over this place, tons of hands going up. I got my hand up. There's things that I need to cut out and stop listening to. Other voices, yeah, 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 all across the place. Hey, can you look at me? This is why we do what we do. This moment right here is why we exist as a church. It's so that people can go from death to life. There's a lot of other benefits for, for a relationship with God, but this is where it starts today. And I want to know, I want you to know if you raised your hand or you should have, just pray this prayer out of your heart, the Bible says, and in that moment, life change happens. It says that your spirit will be recreated in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means the old stuff, it's gone. And today, all things are brand new. All across this room, whether you prayed this prayer or you raised your hand today for the very first time, say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today... I repent, I turn from my old ways, and today, in front of my friends, in front of my family, I choose Jesus. I believe that he died for me, that he was risen from the dead for me to have a relationship with you, God my Father. So today, I choose Jesus above every else and everything else in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.